Hello, come on in. Welcome to Conversation Matters. How can I help you? Yes, of course. Do you have your prescription with you? Thank you. Alright. A conversation about your birthday. Is it... Well, happy birthday. Yes, I can get you in with the conversationalist right now, if that's alright. Let's see. Okay. I have let him know that you're here. You just need to take your prescription and go right through that door. He's ready for you. Good morning. How are you? I see you got your prescription. May I see it? Oh my goodness. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. No, please come in. Sit down. Sit down. You want a conversation about your birthday? Come on, are you serious? You know, believe it or not, I get a lot of requests about birthdays. This doesn't quite surprise me. But it surprises me from you because you're such a wonderful person. I would think you would be much too busy to talk to me on your birthday. That's right. I think you're a wonderful person. And I'm so glad to see you another year. So happy, so successful. Things are really going your way. I know you don't think they are, but I think they are. You're definitely a lot more happier than last year when I met you. I'm serious. Come on. Come on, let me have that. When I met you last year, you were not as happy as you are right now. Mm-mm. No way. And what I blame that on? I blame that on looking at the negative. If you keep looking at the negative, you're always going to be down on yourself. The only way to get things to be better is you've got to find something positive in life. You've got to look up at things, not down. It's easy to tear yourself down, it really is, and you're a failure, you're a loser, blah, blah, blah. And say all those horrible things about yourself. It's not so easy to say good things, is it? Like, how wonderful you are. How much it means to be your friend. How much you matter in my life. I know sometimes as a friend you don't think you matter. But you do. You make me happy. You make me feel like I've actually accomplished something in my life by having a friend like you. Somebody I can go to with problems, talk to, have a conversation with. Just like right now, we're having a conversation. It really is nice to be able to go to somebody like that, don't you think? Yeah. And I appreciate 
the fact that you let me come to you when I need to. You're so kind. I bet you don't think of it that way, do you? You're always coming in here with your prescriptions, hoping that I'll listen, that I'll have some words of wisdom for you. But today, I want to point out that, you know, I kind of need you too. I need to hear what you have to say sometimes. And I'm not just saying that to kiss your butt. Though I would kiss your butt because you're really cool. (laughs) Kiss my butt. It's nice to be able to trust somebody and talk to them. And be heard. And it's scary sometimes when we don't have that in our life. And we feel that nobody's listening. Or wants to listen. Or cares. And I've learned in life that things are usually couldn't be further from the truth. Most people care quite a lot. And they are willing to listen. You just have to be willing to be strong enough to be heard. To give them the chance to hear you. To know that you want to talk. And it's not that. It's not that hard. You know, every year you have a birthday and it's carrot cake or it's marble or it's vanilla. People know these things because you tell them (laughs) and they care and they remember. My kids were funny. I had one that just despised cake. So you would give the kid a piece of birthday cake and they wouldn't eat it. It was always so funny. I never understood that. I thought everyone liked cake. But I know somebody who doesn't. I always thought, I wonder if they would like it better if it was a slice of, you know, real moist, yummy carrot cake. Maybe they would like that better. Or zucchini cake. Now, zucchini cake is quite delicious. I wonder if you've ever had that. No? Zucchini cake is is, is, a, is a, like a spice cake. It's kind of like, you know, carrot cake, but it's a little spicier. It's got a little more zing to it. It's very good. I'm surprised you've never had any. Of course, my, if I had it my way for my birthday. Oh, I'm a white cake person. Oh, my God. I love light, flaky Plain white cake. Not yellow, not marble, not pretending to be white cake. A white freaking cake. And it's so hard to get it. You know how you get a white cake? You have to separate the yolks. Mm -hmm. You only use the egg whites in the uh, batter of the cake. At least that's the way I know to make it. And I liked a white cake so much, and it was so hard to get. Everybody made yellow cakes, and it was like, they're yellow. I, I don't want a yellow cake. I want a white cake. How hard is this to be, you know, how hard is this that I figured out how to make it? Mm-hmm. When I was a kid. I actually taught myself how to bake. And the reason, <clears throat> excuse me, that I taught myself to bake was 
I couldn't get the baked goods I wanted. I wanted, um, what was it? I really liked, oh, German tort, tort cakes. These, these torter cakes, torta cakes. And I wanted one so bad, but nobody knew how to make them. So I looked up recipes and I made one myself. I made it for German uh, class when we had like a cultural experience day where we all brought in food. And I would bring in these um, fancy desserts and they would be like, oh my God, these are incredible. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I wanted to try them. I heard they were good, but, you know, we got to, you know, get get a hold of the recipe and make make them. And it was always such a pain in the ass. You know, I was always... Uh, trying to learn new things, you know, like I, I wanted a cream puff. I wanted a classic cream puff. So I learned how to make cream puffs as funny as it sounded. I remember my friends would come over, Mike made cream puffs. And it's funny because I was, I was a pretty tough, you know, kid. And I wasn't, um, you know, I was pretty macho and tough little guy and everything, but I liked to bake because I, uh, you know, I, my mom was a decent baker, but, you know, and cook and all that, but she wasn't like, she didn't know how to do anything too far out of her wheelhouse, you know? And here's her son making these extravagant, weird, strange concoctions. I think it was pretty funny, but I figured it all out, you know, and I uh, always cleaned up the mess, you know, and everybody ate everything I made. It was always funny. You know, I'd make Everybody, you know, give me a hard time about it, but boy, they couldn't wait to get their hands on everything. It was gone. Stuff never lasted. And I guess I'm telling you all this because over the years you start to get, well, you know, my dad's favorite was marble. That was the big family favorite, marble cake. For some reason, you could call up five different grocery stores and ask for marble cake, and you'd be lucky if one of them would make it. They almost always didn't make it. You'd say, first choice, marble. Okay, what's your second choice? You'd say, I don't know, yellow. It was always yellow. It was never marble. And this was a big thing in my family. We would actually order a marble cake on purpose just not to get it and go, we didn't get it again. You know, so we found out you order the marble cake, they don't make it. You call up the manager and tell them, you know, look right on the order, it says marble. But they chose to do the secondary yellow cake. And the manager would always say, that's okay, sorry they screwed up, we'll give you a free cake uh, next time you come in for next birthday. So we always got a second birthday cake for free. <laughs> And I'm not joking. We must have done this four or five times. You know, just ask for, not, not, it's not even, I don't even think marble's that weird to ask for. You know, I don't know why it would be so difficult to make a marble cake. But that was the one that threw the bakers. I mean, they just, you know, who are these people? They think they can just come in here and ask for a marble cake? <laughs> it's not going to happen. Not, over my, not on my watch. No, no, no. They'll be lucky if they get half chocolate and half yellow. And white, white is out of, out of, wow, white's out of the question. If they think I'm separating, here, if they think I'm separating egg yolks, this is America. I do not have to separate my egg yolks 
for you to appease your you know your wishes your uh, what do they call that your um, entitlements <laughs> so entitled in this country walking around ordering your yellow and white and marble cakes but after all it's your birthday and here I am going on and on and on about silliest things I can think of but they're all true stories they really really are I, you know, don't know if other people did that, did the same thing, but, you know, if you just go to a different bakery every year for a big birthday cake for the family, you can get free birthday cake quite a bit <laughs> just by ordering an odd one. I'd like red velvet, please. I ordered red velvet and I got chocolate instead. Why is that? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got them for a whole $20 there, big shot. But I just, I never understood why it was so hard to come up with that. You see, with marble, you put down the yellow, and then you put down the fudge-flavored fudge uh, chocolate in blotches in the yellow cake. And then you take a fork or a knife, and you swirl it through the yellow. You swirl the fudge through the yellow. And that's what gives it that marbled look, and that mix of, you know, the, it's not really mixed, it's more of a blend, you know, of two different flavored batters. And I've always thought that was really interesting. It's so simple, I, you know, but you do have to separate the cake batter and add the, the fudge flavor to like a third of the batter. And I've always thought, well, they, it was one extra step, and they just couldn't do it. You know, it's like, if you think I'm going to take and separate that cake batter and run a fork through it, you are out of your mind. That's not going to happen. This is America, and I will not allow people to come in here and force me at gunpoint to make marble cakes for some entitled fellow American pays their taxes, just like I do. <laughs> it gets crazy, doesn't it? It just goes round and round and round in circles, doesn't it? It's like a record player. You know, I have my rights. I have my rights. I love it when people start talking about their rights. Oh, uh, yeah. You have rights. Nobody else does, of course. But you, you have your rights. This is America, isn't it? Okay, yeah, I, I, I think so. It's called the United States of America. Um, you know, if you're Canadian, are you still American? Don't say things like that. You're just trying to trick me. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you've got it all figured out. I'm not gonna try to, you know, I'm not gonna try and fool you by telling you that a Mexican American is still an American. They're not Americans, they're Mexicans. Yeah, but we all live on the same continent. That's what they want you to think. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it just blows me away, you know? And, you know, I, I know, I love Mexican food. I don't understand it. I love flan. You know, maybe for my birthday, I, I want flan. Well, you, to get the best flan, you got to go to a Mexican restaurant. Nobody knows how to make flan like the people of Mexico. My goodness, it's like 
I want some flan. I want some flan with some honey on it and some whipped whipped topping. You know, you go somewhere else for it. They don't even know what flan is. What's, what's flan? You know, what do you want? What kind of cake do you want? I want a flan cake. What? There's no, you know, there's no such thing. Well, I want flan for my birthday. Well, where are we going to get that at at this hour? What do you think this is? Is this America? You can just have whatever you want, whenever you want. It really amazes me how people, you know, are just so uppity about everything. But, uh, boy, they love their Mexican food, don't they? <laughs> that's the best burrito I've ever had. Oh, that's the best nachos I've ever had. I don't, you know, I don't get it. Meaning, you know, I don't. I don't get it. And, you know, I love flan, so they can't be that bad. You know, they make a good, fun dessert, uh, fried Mexican fried ice cream. I don't, I don't know if it's actually Mexican. I wonder if it's, you know, Mexican fried ice cream is one of those things where they just say it's Mexican. You know what I mean? You know, like Italian bread or, you know, um, um, Hungarian meatballs. Is it really Mexican fried ice cream or is it just, you know, something that some Mexican restaurant came up with? I don't know. I'd like to know the origin of Mexican fried ice cream. I know churros. Now, churros, they came from Mexico, I'm pretty sure. Texas, at least, which to me is the same thing. It's like there's so many Mexican-Americans living in Texas. I can't tell the difference where which one I'm in. But, you know, they tell me it's Texas. Okay. They tell me it's Mexico. Okay, well, it's Mexico. But uh, I've always found... Uh, that uh, churros seem to come from there, but I, I don't know. You know, it's one of those things, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, you find out something like, you know, uh, that something you thought like French fries are not actually French or anything. You know, they were just, that's what they called them. You know, they're not actually French fries. I think the British actually invented uh, the, uh, what they call the potatoes fries. You know, they call them chips. So, I don't know even where French fries came from. You know, I do know a hot dog is definitely American. Has to be. Because nobody else would would even think about making that. I mean, who would have thought, you know, just grind everything up and just push it in a big tube and then fire it down your gullet. That's definitely a uh, American invention, the hot dog. I don't even have to look it up. Uh-uh. I understand, you know, sausage and things like that are where hot dogs derived from. But the actual, you know, slimy, pasty, flavorless, salted hot dog or bologna, definitely, definitely. No, no if, ands, or buts is, is, a, is an American invention because it's so disgusting. There's, you know, like you're allowed to put anything in it. I think you're allowed to put, let's just say, it's your birthday, so we'll just say anything in a hot dog, and we'll leave it at that. I I don't think there's anybody going to argue with that, uh, because it's pretty much true. Yeah, you know. It's like the Ford. The Ford was invented in the United States. The hot dog was invented in the United States. End of discussion. <laughs> So what is your favorite cake? 
Really? Coconut. White coconut. You know, when I was a kid, I think it was Nichols Bakery, used to make these little um, dessert cakes. They were like for a family. Family-sized cake, like snack. And one of them was this most delicious white coconut cake. And it had white icing on it. It was a white cake with, with um, you know, like two layers in it. So it was like three layers separated by this really light cream. And then on top it had a thick uh, icing on top. And then it had a, a coconut sprinkled all over it. A nice light coconut completely covering the top. And it was like the only coconut cake I really liked. It just had this unique, soft, velvety texture. And it was just so good. And the layers in between weren't icing. They were like this really airy whipped cream almost tasting filling. They made a chocolate fudge one too. It was really good. It had like a yellow cake with uh, two layers. And then it had uh, the same like chocolate, like whipped cream layers in between. And then on top it had this thick, almost, you know, like a thick, almost fondant icing on top. And it was like striped, like a fudge striped icing. And it was just so good. And we used to get them at these little stores called um, Isley's. Isley's was the uh, big milk company when I was a real little kid. Everybody had a different one, like Borden's, Lawson's, Isley's. I don't know, you know, depending on what area you lived in. And Isley's was our big one. And they would have these little soda jerk fountain stores where you could go in and get a lunch counter. And they would serve, you know, like eggs and bacon and stuff and sandwiches. And you could, you know, get ice cream or sodas or, you know, sundaes. So they served the products there. And the big thing was their Isley's ice cream and stuff. And most people around the world, practically, know of Youngstown, Ohio, Isley's, because Isley's made uh, the Klondike bars. And uh, they were really uh, something that survived their demise as a milk delivery company. So, And then there was Isley's Chip Chop Ham, which was another thing that survived their... Um, you know, they used to deliver milk. Well, they got away from that in the 60s and 70s, like right when I was born. That kind of all went out the window, and these little tiny stores all closed up. But you used to be able to go in there and get, you know, like penny candies and things like that, and little cool toys you couldn't get anywhere else. And it was really cool. And they had the, you know, like I said, a little lunch counter in the back. And I, as funny as it sounds, I there's still those places still exist, and... I never go to them, but I wish they existed. There's there's a couple of little lunch counter restaurants right where I live in Salem, Ohio, and I have only been to them once or twice. And they just they have a little griddle, and they cook you know like a couple of hot dogs or bacon and eggs or something, or a BLT, and they you know serve it up to you. And it's just you know you stop there for a real quick bite to eat, just a little lunch counter. And I. I love these places since I was a little kid and always thought they were the coolest places, yet I don't go to them. You know, on a Saturday morning, I don't get up and go down and sit at some lunch counter for an hour and a half because I'm too busy. And I've always wondered about that. 
how you could want something in your life so badly, but yet you never take advantage of it. You never, you know, frequent the place. It's kind of like, I, I want that pub down the street that I can go down and have a beer at, yet I'd rather just buy a 12-pack and sit at home and have a beer at my leisure. I guess it's like that. I don't know. I think we're too busy in our society today to enjoy little things like lunch counters and sitting around reading a newspaper, visiting with our neighbors that happen to stop in and say hello. Every Saturday you could always find him down at the lunch counter, having his BLT and his side of fries. French fries. Not from France, but we call them French fries. Churros. Definitely churros are from Mexico. <laughs> well, I hope I cheered you up for your birthday. This has been one silly, silly, inane conversation. But the whole idea is it is your birthday, and I want you to have some fun and some laughs. And I wanted to tell you some silly stories. So I hope, I, I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you have many, many beautiful birthdays to come. All right? Well, until I see you again, please have a most blessed day. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tierra de Fuego. Remember to stay tuned for the next episode, coming soon. When you have a moment, please take the time to rate and review this podcast. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash The theme song Atlantis is by Jason Shaw of audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardehuello at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels, thank you. <laughs>